It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. Don't forget to check them out at SmokyMountainOrganics.com or visit one of their four locations in East Tennessee, three in Sevier County, and of course their location in Knoxville is at 8018 Kingston Pike. That's just across from Trader Joe's, uh, just down from Westtown Malls. That is Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store focusing on natural products and organic remedies. That is Smoky Mountain Organics. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday installment as Tennessee uh, finds themselves in week three, week four, I guess. Last week of spring practice had an opportunity to see a little bit, not a whole lot in the Saturday scrimmage. Um, as I mentioned in my observations, Rob, one scrimmage, good or bad, makes nothing of a football team. Uh, seeing some guys out there and putting it in context with what coaches have said throughout the spring, what, what is your takeaway from uh, seeing Tennessee for a little bit on Saturday in the, in the cold wind? Uh, one thing, I mean, I, th- I think Cooper Mays is a really important <laughs> player on this team. And that's, that's, that's like one of my biggest takeaways. And again, you know, AP talked to coach Hype about it. You know, I mean, I'm Addison Nichols has been on campus for two months, so I'm not, I'm not remotely casting any aspersions on him. I'm just saying I, I think that you know we all saw a lot of pressure coming up the middle. And that, that was kind of my biggest takeaway was how overmatched might be a strong word, but I was surprised at how the, the, the front seven, even when it was ones-on-ones, which I don't think we saw a ton of, the, the front seven pretty much had the upper hand, I thought, in, at the line of scrimmage. You know, I, mean, go ahead, I, was, I was just going to say I, I agree with Rob. I mean, I, ultimately at the end of the day, I agree mostly with the fact that you just didn't learn a whole lot. You know, I mean, it was it was so uh, such a small size of of what you saw with the best players, you know, on Tennessee's team out there. Um, you know, Ramel Keaton did get open a few times. Though. I was I mean, going you know, to mention Ramel, I, like, a forgotten man. All the all the talk by those by those players last week. I mean, you know, he, he did get open a few times, made a few catches. Um, you know, I. I still think Tennessee can benefit from another bigger receiver, you know. And so, you know, if they're able to land Brew McCoy and Brew McCoy can be anything of what his uh, kind of expectation was coming out of high school, then, you know, Tennessee would be doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from the center standpoint, obviously, if they were playing the game, Jerome Carvin's got to go back to center and you got to find a guard. Um, you know, and that's not a knock on Addison Nichols. He's just not ready at this point. But go ahead and put him in there. No point in working Jerome Carvin at center without Cooper Mays in there. Go ahead and give Addison Nichols as many reps as he can handle as he continues to, to learn the position. My overriding takeaway from Saturday, coupled with everything up until that point, is kind of what we've all known. This is still not a very deep football team. Uh, this is a team that that lacks depth in a lot of areas. They're obviously missing corners, but you talk about taking out one piece of the puzzle in Cooper Mays and how different that makes you look. Um, where they are tied in, if if they don't have both Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant, um, you know they're they're playing some walk-on tight ends who probably aren't ready to really contribute. So that that's my overriding takeaway is that they're not that deep still uh, at certain positions in particular. And then I thought some young players kind of, you know, showed some explosiveness and some ability. I mean, 
the, Jerry Mack said it on Monday, Rob, and, and I know you're working on a, a running back story, but you know, when, when Justin Williams, Thomas gets going the right way and knows where to go, they really like what he's shown. It's just a matter. He's still learning a whole lot. Uh, I think Tyree West is the same thing. You know, when Tyree West gets lined up and knows where he's going or what the, you know, has a grasp of the play call, he, he shows some explosive ability. So I think some individuals kind of showed out a little bit like that, sort of like you would expect. Uh, but overriding, I don't think you learned anything new about this team or a whole lot. You didn't see Hendon Hooker at all um, or very little. Cedric Tillman doesn't scrimmage. So you just didn't get to see a lot of the parts of what Tennessee's about. I agree with you, Austin. They need another receiver, I still think, as well. And I'll say this, too. I, I kind of like Taven Jackson the more and more I see Taven Jackson. I, I don't, I'm not saying he's the next this, that, or the other, but I don't know that anybody should just mark him up as a forgotten man uh, at this point. I know Nico's, you know, committed and coming, but I mean, Taven Jackson looks like he can operate. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I kind of like the way. smoothness. There's yeah. smoothness. He's got a um, – And there's a command know. about him. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean – not really for a kid that's been on campus for three months, he he does he he he, he just maneuvers uh, in a much more um, veteran type way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what I noticed with him the other day. I mean, there just weren't any disaster plays. Where you, I mean, there were some bad snaps. I mean, I, and there were. And even one of the bad snaps, Rob, he snatched up with his right hand. That was you know way up. I mean, like it was a very athletic play. But I mean, he just he he just didn't look overwhelmed. And, you know, as we've all seen freshmen do, I'm not saying he was great or spectacular, but I think AP said about he's smooth. He gets the ball out pretty quick. And um, I mean, I like what AP said. There's a command there that, you know, I'm, I'm with you, however. I'm not saying he's the next this or that, but he, he looks like he looks like you got something to work with there. I mean, he looks like a guy who's got some uh, some skill and um, got, you know, got some belief and confidence. It's, you know, I just like the way he kind of carries himself for, for, for sure. Uh, all right, Josh Heupel's got essentially two practices left for this football team. Are you accomplishing anything this week, or is this just about making sure nobody gets hurt at this point? I would mean, for me, it's just n- nobody no gets hurt, hurt and, and you just kind of continue to, you know, broaden your, your base of knowledge so that when, when you get into it in the summer, you, you kind of are, are starting – you know, you, you've got a good baseline of where you're starting. You're not starting at ground zero. So you're saying a whole lot of young guys is what you're saying. Yeah, like a lot of Caleb Webb, Squirrel White this week. I wouldn't see Cedric Tillman this week. No. No. no I would I would say he would be done and would shut him down. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't do anything there. A lot of those young guys. But what do you make of Holiday and Callaway at, at receiver? I mean, Cal- Callaway had the one huge play the other day. I think we all, you know, kind of joked that, you know, that reverse field, giving up 15 yards and running through your backfield isn't going to work in, in Athens in, in October. But it, it does show you, you know, kind of the ability that the young man has just with the ball in his hands. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are surprised. I think we're more surprised that he hasn't shown up more as, you know, at least a kind of special specialty weapon to this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly kind of proud of those kids more than anything. I mean, like it, it's every tendency on the earth is just to bounce. You know, and I'm sure that, you know, there were multiple conversations had with them and, you know, their friends or family or whatever about, you know, you know getting out high of here. School coaches or coaches that recruited them coming yeah. out of high school. And and they've kind of stuck in there. And, you know, Jimmy Holiday's drawn some praise this offseason for his growth. And, you know, I mean, Jimmy Calloway is already, you know, 
made a small blip last year, you know, um, before he got in the doghouse and was to never be seen again until just a few weeks ago. Yes, he did. He, he was, well, he dropped the ball at Florida and we never saw him again. Now, part of that's they ended up, I guess, red shirting him, but, you know, he, he was, they made the move to Vailus on the inside and certainly changed the fortunes of kind of where this offense is and, and where it goes from there. So we'll, we'll see. We have full coverage of Tennessee. Uh, th- throughout the rest of spring practice, Willie Martinez to meet with the media on Wednesday and address the defensive backfield that has no corners right now with where they are. Um, and then Josh Heupel will finish it out on Thursday for, for the media part of spring practice, uh, putting a bow tie on everything for, for spring ball for Tennessee. So we'll have continued coverage of that along the way and uh, continued more from Jerry Mack and the running backs and, and other players as well. Also, let's talk a little recruiting. Tennessee gets a commitment from Nathan Robinson. Uh, we had the opportunity to visit with Nathan Robinson. I think may, we might have been Nathan Robinson's first interview that he did a year or so ago. Yeah, uh, we were. In, 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 <laughs> you in were. Greenbrier, in Greenbrier. Um, but w- what, do you, what do you like about Nathan Robinson? How big of a deal is this for Tennessee to get him in the boat? A huge deal. Just, just a massive deal. Um, ironically, last year when you were – if I'm not mistaken, I was standing in the edge of the school waiting on Taven Jackson to commit yeah. while you interviewed Nathan Robinson. I think that's 100%. So I could post it and tweet it and all that. And you were in the bowels of the Greenbrier High School Gymnasium uh, interviewing Nathan Robinson. I never saw this interview until I edited the thing. And I was like, man, he's a good-looking kid. You know, um, then he only got, you know, bigger – you know, I went over there a few months ago just because, you know, uh, Aiden Bustle had asked me to come over, and I said, well, if I'm going to drive to Mount Juliet, I might as well go make, you know, make more than one stop. Um, and then, you know, he wanted me to come over there to do this a few weeks ago, and so we, we went over there and pre-taped the thing, and, you know, um, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's great to continue to get success in the state. Um, it's also great to, you know, get big bodies, Brent, and – I mean, he is a he's a big-bodied kid. You know, you know, it will start out on the defensive line, and then, you know, you know, we'll see depending on how much he grows, and you know, if he can, you know, prove he can be a a man, you know, you know, as a strong side D end or whatever on the D line. If he if he's a success on the D line, he is he is Shane Burton esque. Rob Lewis, Hubbard, you you stole it out of my mouth. I was getting ready to throw that out there. That that's that's who. Um, that, that, that's who he can, he, I mean, Shane was, Shane was big and, and a big athletic guy. He played several years in the NFL. Um, you know, as a strong side guy for Dan Brooks and, and Steve Caldwell. So, um, he could be that or, or who knows where he ultimately ends up playing, but, uh, a kid who doesn't seem to be stopping, slowing down in terms of his growth. Uh, I joked with him the other day. I'm still not sure he's shaved yet. Um, you know, yeah, I agree with that. He, he's he's still got a, a young man's face, and um, I, he's only going to get bigger and stronger uh, as he goes. And um, you know, here's a guy that Tennessee means a lot to him, and, and he wanted to get into you know into the boat. And after struggling last year in the state of Tennessee, Austin, it is. Uh, I mean, here's a couple of guys who want to play at Tennessee, and uh, that's a nice start for them and the state. We'll see how they close it out. That was the commitment news on Monday that was um, – obviously we had an idea that was coming. But what do you make of the, the weekend overall for Tennessee in terms of who they had in, guys that were – that you visited with and, and, and kind of the buzz? Let's start at the um, 
Let's start on the defensive side of the ball first, okay? Let's talk about Rico Walker and, and, and some of the defensive linemen that they had in this weekend. What, what, do you, what do you take away from those guys' visits? Well, I take away that, you know, the biggest thing being that, you know, Tennessee is recruiting a different caliber of player this year because of, you know, the lifted, you know, cloud of, you know, of off the investigation, uh, an established second year in the program. Um, you know, Rico Walker, someone that Rodney Garner is extremely close with, um, you know, with his dad, having recruited his dad a few years ago. And then they're really close with the defensive line, you know, um, you know, as well with, with several prospects that were in town, you know, over the weekend. Brent, I, I, what I really like is that, you know, it's depth, um, it's positions of need, and this is a line of scrimmage league. So whether it's the offensive lineman that Glenn Ellerby had in, or whether it's Derek LeBlanc and Rico Walker and some of those D linemen or edge guys that the defensive side had in, you know, all the talks going to go to Nico and the receivers and all that cool stuff, but like linemen, linemen and more linemen. And it seems like it's a better quality of linemen this year with, like I said, the, the cloud and all that gone. LeBlanc's a guy that quite frankly, there's not been a whole lot out mentioned a ton with Tennessee. You had a chance to visit with him. What, what, what brought, what brought him to Tennessee to begin with? And what do you think Tennessee is? How much did they help themselves? Where did they put themselves? You think coming out of this trip? Rodney Garner, um, you know, I mean, called him the best in the business and uh, he's done a really nice job. G's done a nice job. BJ has done a nice job. Uh, that's his area, uh, Ryan Jean-Marie. And so, you know, I mean, is Tennessee the favorite? No, they're not the favorite for Derek LeBlanc. But can they can they swing him? Absolutely. I just know that recruiting Florida is going to get a lot tougher because you know while Florida State you know seems like they're kind of in a you know a, a, I won't say a dead man walking year transition year or whatever. Um, Florida you know has got a new coach and if, if Billy Napier is is good at anything, it's, it seems to have been recruiting over the years. Um, and then we'll see a, a him as a, as a as an actual head coach. Um, going forward. And then, you know, Cristobal's got things rolling down in Miami. So I just think recruiting instead of Florida, which has always been hard, is is harder right now than it's been in the last few years. I think Cristobal's interesting, you know, just because he's got experience. And if, and if Miami commits the way they appear to have committed to, to it all right now. Sure, um, seems they're all, they're all rolling in the same direction. Yeah, they do. Right now they are. Now, who knows how long that lasts? That's somewhat easy to do when you got a new guy coming in. But it certainly feels like he's got him going in the right way. And um, if that's the case, then the ACC, you know, Clemson, it might get a little interesting for them because I think they could, I think they could ultimately threaten Clemson and they're more than, more than Florida state. Cause it doesn't feel like Florida state's all in the, in the same direction. Uh, they, they feel like they're kind of paddling in circles in some ways, uh, you know, on a lot of different fronts. So um, Miami's an interesting school. I think they're going to be one of the buzz teams in recruiting all they're year long. It's easy to go from outhouse to penthouse in that league, much more than it is in this league. Oh, no question, no questions. Not even, not even a especially with the portal. I mean, like you know, the you know, the, the rumor is they're you know, of course, this we're taping this on Monday night, and you know, this airs on Tuesday morning. But the rumor is they're the favorite to land Demarius Mims. You know, because he has to go outside the conference. He can't transfer inside this league unless he's setting out, and no kid's going to set out. Um, you know, they've done a nice job with getting Mitchell Agude from UCLA, and you know they've they've done a nice job. Period, and and they've got some nice talent there. Yeah, this rule. I mean, I, this SEC rule about you got to be in the portal by February first. I, I just don't know. I just don't know how much it helps this league. I mean. 
again, Amarius Mims, I mean, he's talented enough to go wherever he wants to go. Maybe nobody in the league would want him, but they would. Uh, but but I just don't know how this rule, this February rule, this February 1st rule that the league has, Rob, where if you're going to transfer within the conference, you got to be in the portal by February 1st. I don't know how that ultimately helps the league in any way, shape, or form. No, for Rob answers, don't you think it's just simply it's trying to keep teams from promising kids, hey, man, just go through spring, go through spring, and then the kid goes through spring, and he's still not – high enough on the depth chart like he wants to be, and then he bounces to said program in the league. Yeah, but they're going to bounce it's anyway. The coaches. It's I all mean, about helping the coaches and, you know, the, the school, in my opinion. I mean, it's not, it is not player-friendly. I just don't know ultimately how much it helps. I mean, if, if a kid's going to bounce, a well, kid's going to bounce. You know, I mean, would you rather him bounce? Would you rather him bounce? I mean, again, you don't want to lose anybody. Okay, Georgia doesn't want to lose – Amarius uh, Mims, it's great. So they're not going to quote have to play against him, but it strengthens other conferences. Yeah, period. I just don't. I don't know how it helps the league overall. It, it, I guess is my thing. I, I don't. I don't see why where that's an advantage. It's kind of like requiring the extra English and math they had a couple of years, a few years. I kind of I mean, uh, Hubbard. The, the one advantage I can see, and why I think the league office would like it, is it. I, I think it will cut down on. I mean, it won't eliminate it ever, but it's going to cut down on recruiting other people's players. I believe, which in this league is always going to be a source of ugliness. I mean, you're not going to stop it. I just think it's going to cut it down a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. What, I mean, what's the rule in basketball? The, I mean, maybe. is it is it different than it is nationally? I mean, if you're in the SEC and want to go to another SEC school, do you have a it's different right deadline? It's unless I'm unless I'm mistaken, it is not. Yeah. So I, again, I, I don't know. I mean. Like they're like they're not recruiting each other away in basketball either. I mean, I don't know. I, I just this is this is the same league that I think it's a needless take, rule. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, this is also the same league that won't let you take a, a official visit pictures or whatever your visit pictures on the field, but you can in Washington or Oklahoma or Ohio State or wherever. But in this conference, it's a recruiting advantage if you know a kid goes out there in the middle of Kroger Field you know, in, in, in Lexington and takes a picture. It's going to give Kentucky a leg up or give Tennessee a leg up to take one on, on Shields-Watkins. I mean, it's a stupid, they have some dumb rules. Yeah, there's some that, that are head scratchers for sure. All right, let's get back to a couple of quick recruiting things before we get into basketball stuff as well because there's plenty going on there. Um, you, you mentioned that it's about big boys and Tennessee doing a good job with the big guys. We can't not talk about the receivers that were in sure. town with Nico this week, Austin. Uh, where's Tennessee? How have they helped themselves? What do you think um, that, that things are kind of with those guys at this point, having visited well, I mean, with them? Tennessee's going to always show well. I mean, they, they showed well with Cornell State every time he's been here. You know, I mean, that's why the Tennessee's, you know, in the thick of it there. But so is Georgia. So is Ohio State. Um, you know, as for Casper, this was his first time here. And so a greater chance to, to leave an impression. Um, I said this on Monday. I, if I was leaning a particular way, it would be Tennessee. But it, it by no means is done. All this rumor that, you know, you know, it's done, done. It's not. I mean, you know, lots of kids say things when they're on visits and, you know, it never, you know, it never comes out publicly because it just never happens. So Darren know, we'll see. Huh? Darren Agu. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> sure. Go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, point being is like, you know, again, right now, if I was leaning any particular way with him, it would be Tennessee. But, you know, I, I think there's still some hurdles to be crossed. 
Yeah, and we'll see what happens for, for Tennessee there. Recruiting-wise, I guess they'll have a few more kids straggle through or come through this week. Yeah. Uh, but but nothing this weekend, obviously, with the Easter holiday there. And then coaches, middle of next week, some of those coaches will be out on the road, would look for Tennessee to hit the state of Tennessee early, Austin, when they hit the road travels, you think, in, in next week? Yeah, you think that's yeah I think some of them. I think they'll go – I think the, one of the main targets to go see, especially in state, it will be Trevor Duncan, you know, knowing he's going to probably do something in the next month. Sometime in May, you know, Tennessee needs to – you know, stay on top of that one. He was here a couple weeks ago. He visited Vanderbilt last week. You know, uh, Tennessee, Virginia Tech. You know, I don't think Vanderbilt's really at play. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Any any other recruiting nuggets, notes, guys in town that I've missed? I know I hit some of the some of the hi- highlights there. But, well, I mean, uh, you know, Sylvester Smith was, was in town, right? Which Who's that? Sylvester Smith was back in town again. He's yeah, Smith's, Smith's here. He's doing something on the 25th or 26th, one of the two days, you know, depending on, you know, if he can get to hit the uh, gym there reserved um, in Munford, Alabama. Um, you know, Zabari Sandy's a good-looking kid. I mean, if you saw the picture of him and Hype from Monday, you know, I mean, Hype's a, Hype's a big guy, and Zabari Sandy's almost as tall as he is, and he, he he's a corner. So, you know, again, Tennessee's, you know, the importance of secondary players in this class is is, is big, and uh, Sandy's one that you know Tennessee likes a good amount. Uh, Christian Conyer, I think, will be back in town for um, the May Day, um, which will be Memorial Day. Uh, Tennessee's having a big recruiting uh, bash then uh, on that Saturday, um, two days before Memorial Day. A big birdie supposed to be back in then as well. Um, Noah Rogers has told Tennessee he will try to make it in then again until he shows up. It's kind of hard for me to really give to look at Tennessee as a real player there. But once he shows up, it changes. Um, and then we'll see where everything else goes. Brew McCoy, everybody keeps asking about him. You know, the, the initial notion was, you know, at the end of the spring semester, he'll come up with a decision. Could see that sooner than, than that date. So, you know, it, we'll, we'll see. Uh, other than McCoy, it seems pretty quiet right now on the transfer front. Am I am I missing something there? I mean, no. I mean, it seems like it's kind of slow a little bit. Well, Daryl Jackson, you know, we'll see. You know, <laughs> former, if he, when he, former ball commit Daryl Jackson. That's a story for another day, buddy. <laughs> I know that, we're up we're that, up against the time crunch. That, I get that, it. That, we'll share we'll that point, one later. But point being is is he's going to visit Florida this coming weekend. Uh, then he's going to visit Tennessee and he's going to visit Florida State. Now, he does not have the other two visits set up yet, but that, that, that's kind of his top three at this point, Tennessee, Florida Florida State. Um, you know, he always had a fondness for Tennessee. He recruited his butt off for Tennessee before Tennessee cut him. So, you know, I, he, he's aware that, you know, this is a different staff. So I don't think he's holding it against Tennessee by any means. And the fondness for Knoxville uh, is something that Tennessee has in its advantage. And, if, you know, closeness to home or playing in state, uh, Florida and Florida State, that's something they have to their advantage. Yep. So we'll see what happens with him and when he gets in town on that front as well. And Tennessee does like the, the I can name his name, escapes me, but the running back from Minnesota, they do like him. Um, again, though, like, Packing order, you know, Tennessee needs more help on the defensive side than they really do the offensive side. I'm not saying they won't take a running back. I'm just saying, you know, you, you got to see how everything shakes out. Yeah, they need a, they need corners. They need they've got to, to me they've got to find a corner in the transfer portal. 
uh, in some way, shape, or form. We'll see if that happens. But they they desperately, in my opinion, need help back there. All right, Rob, let's talk a little hoops. Been a wild time for Tennessee on the hoops front here uh, with, with Brandon Huntley Hatfield going into the portal. Uh, they've got spots now, you know, potential potential movement around here and there. Murray went to George Georgetown, as we kind of you kind of thought that that was uh, a, certainly a school to keep an eye on, if not the leader when when uh, the the weekend was taking place. What where are things in basketball hoops recruiting land right now? I think you're kind of on a reset. I mean, the only name that I know for sure that Rick Morris has met with, as far as like transfers go, is uh, Tyreek Key, the young man who's originally from Salina, Tennessee, over in the mid state area. Um, you know, went to Indiana State, had a great career there. Um, was injured this past year. He's a kind of a combo guard, really, really good, good score. Um, so I mean, in-state guy, but he's also got a lot of options, North Carolina, Texas Tech, um, just to name a few, but that's a guy that Tennessee would like to get on campus for sure. Um, and, and now, I mean, I, I think Tennessee felt like they were set with bigs and now all of a sudden that's not the case. I mean, I, I don't think they had been really, you know, looking, evaluating, and kind of scouring things for any any big guys. But now with uh, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield hitting the portal, uh, obviously I think you hit reset on that and, and and start trying to do some evaluations and finding out, you know, what is still out there as far as big guys that could help you. A lot of people want to know. I don't know that we do know. I mean, is there is there any real idea of what sent Brandon Huntley-Hatfield out of Knoxville? Was it – just a fit for him? Was he looking for something something different? Do we know kind of kind of where that was? Because it seemed like, you know, some of the things he had put on social media and everything the last few weeks, some stuff his mom said, seemed like that one was pretty – I know there was talk all winter long about it because of playing time. seemed like that had settled a little bit. Um, and then obviously, you know, he made a decision over the weekend to, to head out of town. Yeah, Tennessee – I mean, Tennessee felt like it was settled. And – um, you know, we put in the war room several weeks ago and got some people stirred up that, hey, you know, that's one to keep an eye on. And then, you know, based off what we're hearing towards the end of the season, and then, then Tennessee, as they do every year, you know, Rick and, and the staff sit, sit down and have exit, exit interviews with every guy on the roster, but, you know, how the season went, what the offseason needs to look like, what your ex- expectations are for next season. And, um, you know, after that conversation with Brandon, the, the week after the regular season ended or the week after the, the season ended, everybody, you know, felt like what was kind of a voluble, volatile situation had, had settled down. And he was bought in, um, you know, fast forward to, you know, a couple of weeks later and, you know, that it was apparent that that, that buy-in wasn't there, that everybody wasn't on the same page. And, you know, I don't want to get into a lot of secondhand stuff. It's just say sure. that Rick, Rick Barnes was not that upset, I think, at the end of the day. Um, and it was really only, you know, it had had another meeting with Brandon. I don't think either party was on the same page about what, what his future looked like at Tennessee. And then I think they partied with, with no no real hard feelings. But like I said on the board, I think Brandon's a good kid. I feel badly for him. I hope he, hope he finds what he wants. Yeah, obviously. Um, and the, look, this is the world we live in. You never know when it's going to happen. You know, and, and it's always a possibility with roster movement. Roster management is the biggest key to college athletics these days. You mentioned hit the reset button. Um, doesn't seem to be a ton of guys continue to go into portal. It's been a little bit slow the last few days there. How much more 
available options do you think there are out there in the portal? Is there a guy who could reclassify? I mean, basketball is weird because you, you got guys who can reclassify, you got the portal, and, and then you've got the, you know the overseas factor in there as well. Well, that's Where's that's the, what I was going to say. Here, here is, I mean, I I don't I don't know that I'm making I'm not like making a guaranteed prediction, but I think judging how, especially with the big guys, it looks like it's kind of slim pickings in the transfer portal, at least as far as you know, guys that you know Tennessee might be in on already. I would I would not be remotely surprised if you see some international names pop up that I mean I I don't, I don't pretend to know who they are right now, right. but given this last hire Rick Barnes just made and, and Greg Polinski and a guy that's been in the NBA in the front in a front office for 17 years, that guy knows a million people in in the basketball world that that where English is not their first language, <laughs> so I would I would be I would almost predict that. You, you find a little international flavor working its way onto the roster to fill some holes. Well, and Tennessee's had success with that, which will help when they if, if they go to call on somebody because of Eve Pines, because of Santi, um, you know, and, and some of the success they've had with, with some of those guys, which could could help, you know, could, could help open the open the doors totally. for some of those I mean, guys. I would think. I mean, you still have Ken McDonald on on staff, kind of in a you know behind the scenes role. He's the guy, you know, he had a lot of experience with. Um, USA basketball working as an overseas scout. I mean, that's, he's the, he's the guy that he was the tie to Santi. He had seen Santi play in Asia of all places. And you know, that's how, that's how Santi ended up here. But with a guy like Polinski, I mean, you had to think when you're running a front office, not only, or, you know, you're, you, every NBA organization has a European scout or two or three. And those guys are not just watching the European pro leagues. They're watching, you know, the 17 and under, you know, French national team, the 17 and under, you know, Spanish national team. I mean, I, again, I'm, I don't know a, a one or two names that they're out there. I'll just be really surprised if Tennessee is not able to use you know, the Rick's newest assistance ties to, to try and plug some gaps if they need to be via the international route. Rob, with, with the transfer portal the way it is, do you think the reclassifying thing, do you think coaches are going to be a little more hesitant to that? Or do you think because some of those guys maybe aren't ready and, you know, they make a, a quick decision or they make a decision that's not, you know, maybe they're not mature enough to handle that a little bit yet. And, and then that all, that means they jump in the portal faster. Or do you think there's just nothing there? It's just if it's the right fit for you and, and a guy's talented enough to play, his age fits the right way, reclassifying is going to continue the way we've seen it the last yeah, few years. Yeah, I think it's going to continue. I mean, I also think that what you're saying is true too, that you're, you're going to end up with more immature kids on your roster that – or, you know, it sound back, you know, in in August before they enrolled, you know, it sounded good that maybe I'll play 15 minutes a game. And then my second year is really when, you know, I'm going to see the payoff for enrolling early. But once you get in the middle of it, you know, sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is a lot further away than, than it was before you kind of started the journey. And so I, I don't think it's going to end at Hubbard, but I, I like you kind of point out, I do think you're going to see some, some guys into like Brandon Huntley Hatfield and it wasn't, all they, they were hoping it was going to be. Well, we'll see what happens on the basketball front. Obviously, there are holes to fill and, and, and not as many bodies out there on the, on the recruiting front or the transfer front um, as maybe there were or maybe you would like at this point. So we'll see what happens with Tennessee, both in overseas recruiting, transfer portal recruiting, any other late high school recruiting. We know this staff pours over and, and has, has had the ability and, and found guys in a lot of different varieties, a lot of different places. And we'll and see I, what happens with that. And I, I mean, I'll tell you when Rick, I mean, he just never, he never panics. 
about, I mean, like I look back to last last year about this time, he had two two empty assistant spots, and what six open scholarships maybe with guys leaving and just. He, he doesn't worry about it. I mean, he you hear him say this. He says it a lot when you're talking about recruiting. There's enough players out there for everybody. You just got to guys find guys that fit what you do. And it may sound that sound like Coach B. I can promise you, man, this guy believes it. I have never seen him upset about losing a recruit. I mean, don't. I mean, I'm not saying he's happy. Don't get me wrong right, or anything right. like that. I'm just. It's not something that eats away at him. Like I know you've seen with some coaches, and I've definitely seen with some coaches. It's just. You know, all right, we missed out. It's on to you know, on to the next guy. Let's let's find the next one. And I, I think if a lot of young coaches had that approach, they'd probably have <laughs> they'd probably be much happier in life. I would imagine Rick Barnes probably did not have that approach when he was a young mm-hmm. coach. It probably helps the fact that he's thirty plus years in, in the business of doing what he's doing and has won a whole bunch of basketball games. That makes you feel a lot more comfortable that way for sure. So we'll keep tabs on everything going on in, in the hoops recruiting world, football recruiting world, spring practice wrapping up this week, and of course Ben has all of your baseball coverage for you. He's got the extra innings podcast up now. Uh, they'll have a preview podcast with uh, Eric Kane. Uh, coming up later this week to get you ready for Tennessee and Alabama this weekend at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So plenty of baseball, football, recruiting, and basketball coverage all around at VolQuest.com. That's going to do it for this edition of the Tuesday podcast presented by Smoky Mountain Organics. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brett Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.